This is the Mount Carmel Bible College and Theological Seminary located in New York. This is Bishop Dr. Wayne Spence. For prayer, requests, or questions, please text me at 516-757-9274. Or you may email me at Bible one at gmail.com. Please visit us on the web at www.mtcarmelfullgospel.net forward slash Bible College. You can join us on Zoom every Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for prayer and Bible study. The Zoom code is 793-942-9263. If you are unable, please visit us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. for worship service. The same code. Please check our website for all upcoming spring classes. And remember, students, class begins again in September. Now we approach Revelation chapter 22. This is the closing chapter of the book of Revelation. We have gone from chapters 1 and now we're at the end of our studies. As we approach the end, we continue with our thrilling sightseeing tour of the new Jerusalem and the new earth. This is affirmed by the fact that only those who possesses the righteousness of Christ are granted admittance and residency in this new world. It is here we are brought to the end of man's journey on this old earth. The path has been rugged. Many questions remain unanswered. There are many problems that remain unsolved. But we have now entered into our eternal rest with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And as we come in fellowship, With God, all our questions and all our problems that we feel that we have had will be answered. Beloved, the Bible opens with God on the scene. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, according to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And it concludes with him on the scene and still in full control and ownership of everything that he created. Jesus Christ, the God-man, suffered for our sins. He paid the price for the sins that we have committed because the Bible said, through one man all have sinned. It is the reason why God sent him into the world, that he can redeem mankind. And so he gave his life on Calvary's cross. And so, beloved, the victory and all the glory belong to him. Because he's the one that satisfied the payment for our sins. According to Isaiah 53 verse 11, the Bible said he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Revelation chapter 22 verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yield every fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. The first two verses of Revelation chapter 22 establishes the fact that in our glorified bodies, because a lot of folks always have the question, so Bishop Spence, will we eat from this tree? 
Why is there a tree that bears fruit if we are in a glorified body? But the reality of it is this, beloved, and I want you to come to the place where you can see it in your mind eyes and get an understanding. We too who live in the holy city, we too who live in the new Jerusalem, we too who live on the new earth will continue to enjoy the pleasure of eating. Why wouldn't we continue eating? We have to understand that when Jesus rose from the dead and he met his disciples and he walked through the wall, the door, and the Bible said in Luke chapter 24 and 43, and he took it and did eat before them. Why? Because even in his glorified form, he still ate with them. Food is not a necessity, then it is now a pleasure. So why wouldn't we eat? Like in the Garden of Eden, we will eat and drink in eternity. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 29 and 30, the Bible said, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is up on the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Now notice that the angel that is escorting John through this vision of heaven begins to show him a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the first Eden, we had a river that branched into four heads as it came out the garden. Genesis 2 and 10 says, And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. In the New Jerusalem, a river called Water of Life flows from the fountain, which is God's throne. Our text then also describes the best drink we will ever enjoy, pure, refreshing water direct from the throne of God. Think of it for a moment. It is not distilled water or chemically treated water that we have become accustomed to or it is not bottled water that we have to purchase from the store. All of those is no longer necessary. Why? Because now pollution has become non-existent. But not only do we have crystal clear water to drink, but we also enjoy the delicious health producing fruit on either side of the river, the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit each month and continually supplying in abundance and in variety to those that have made it through the tribulation. Those that were born during the millennial kingdom and refused to follow after Satan when he was released from prison. But unlike the garden, there will be no possibility of sin entering and temptation coming for there will be no tree of the knowledge of good and evil because mankind would have been tested and passed the test and is now living in the presence of God. This then is an interesting fact. When Adam and Eve sinned by partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, according to Genesis 2 and 17, the Bible said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, 
thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And so they ate from that tree in rebellion and disobedience to God's word. And God drove them out of the Garden of Eden. Remember, beloveds, there will be no sin there. There will be no death there. Notice that he then stationed an angel before its entrance of the Garden of Eden in order to keep them from eating the fruit of the tree of life. Because if they ate from the tree of life in their state in sin, they would eternally live in this state. But now this is a new day. The saints are in the presence of God and we may eat of the tree of life till our hearts are content. No doubt this tree, beloved, plays a part in promoting one's endless existence for those that came through the tribulation and those that were born in the millennial kingdom, these individuals still exist in their flesh the same way that Adam and Eve had existed. Most people think that Adam and Eve was always in their glorified body. That is not what the Bible says. For even the leaves contain healing or health for the nation. Living in the light of the city, the word health is the proper translation, not healing. Since there is no sorrow or sickness, nor pain, nor death, healing is necessary because eternal health is for all who came through the tribulation or born in the millennial kingdom and is now living in that new heavenly city that the new Jerusalem hovers above. There will be no need for doctors, nurses, because they will be permanently retired. The new Jerusalem will be God the Father and God the Son headquarters. The church will be there and everyone else will be in the new earth. When we see Jesus, beloved, we will be exactly like him. Why? Because he did eat with them in 1 John 3 and 2, the Bible says. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it do not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And so the question is asked now then, Bishop, we always talk about God the Father, God the Son. What happened now with God the Holy Spirit? In the first creation, the Holy Spirit renovated and renewed the blighted world from a falling angel that once was Lucifer and became Satan, the, the evil one, the destroyer, the wicked one, the malicious one. According to Genesis 1 and 2, the Bible says, And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So today the Holy Spirit is God's instrument of regeneration in the hearts and lives of all sinners on the earth. And he is our seal and he's our keeper of the believers. In the same way, there will be no need for his work in the new creation. Therefore, God is silent about his person. Revelation 22 and 3. And there shall be no more curse. 
but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Keep in mind, beloved, the curse which originated in the Garden of Eden and was partially removed during the Millennial Kingdom now is totally obliterated forever. Up until then, our view of the New Jerusalem only looked from afar as dazzling. We haven't seen the glory of it because we're looking from afar so we haven't seen the soft grass to sit on. We have not seen the green trees to sit under. We have imagined the water and the food to enjoy. But here in Revelation chapter 22 by faith we now see the richness to this city. We now see the elaborate beauty that shines through all of these gemstones. Revelation 22 and 4. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Think of it. We will observe the beauty of our Savior's countenance every single day as we live in the presence of Almighty God and his Son forever and forever. When we look at the one who was pierced for us, the one who took all of these whippings for us, the one that went to prison for us, the one that bled and died for us, we will see how wonderful and lovely he really is and how much he loves and cares for us. We will also observe his name as when a couple goes to the church or wherever they go to get married and the husband gives the wife a ring and then the wife put the ring upon the husband's finger. We will observe his name inscribed upon our foreheads, meaning that we are eternally sealed and belong to him. Revelation 22 and 5. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and forever. Because Christ in his glory will illuminate the city. All of the inhabitants who walk in the light of the city have no need of any other type of natural or artificial lights. No longer will the sun be necessary as it was with the former earth for so many centuries. Because now in this new earth, the warmth of God's love shines upon his people for the ages in the land of eternal day. Revelation chapter 22 and 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. At this point, the angel tells John the reason God has allowed him to experience this vision of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, in essence, the God of the holy prophets, who is truth and cannot lie sent me to tell you that the things you have heard and seen must come to pass speedily. What things? The things from Revelation chapter 1 all the way up to Revelation chapters 22. And so Revelation chapter 22 and 7 said, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. In verse 6, our Lord told John that the things written in this book of Revelation must shortly be done 
or it must come to pass speedily. Then he adds in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. The term speedily is not used in relationship to our days or our months or even our years, but it speaks of a series of events that is going to happen in rapid succession once they begin. In other words, when we see these things begin to come to pass, according to Luke chapter 21 and 28, the Bible says, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth not. The signs and events will fall into place so speedily one after another. That's the state of preparedness that every single one of us should maintain at the moment. So the admonition, blessed or happy is he that keep it. So for the believers and the saints of the prophecy of this book, we should always be ready. We should always be vigilant. We should always be looking for the Lord's return. Revelation 22, 8 and 9. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down and worshiped before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See, thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. Mortals are always making mistakes. John had already made the mistakes of bowing down before an angel and being rebuked in chapter 19, verse 10. The Bible said, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now he does it again. But fortunately for us, we worship and serve a God of love. He's willing to forgive the same mistake 70 times 7 according to Matthew 18 and 22. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times 7. Only by his grace, his love, his compassion, and his forgiveness are any of us able to continue on this journey. Revelation 22 and 10. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Following God's revelation to Daniel the prophet. Daniel was told to seal the book till the time of the end, according to Daniel 12 and 4. But John was forbidden to seal the book of Revelation because the time is at hand or has come in the Greek word for time, keros, and means opportune moment or correct season. So the angel is saying the time for the revealing of the prophetic truth has come. People are to be made aware. People are to be warned about the future. They must learn the history of the seven churches and the plan that God has throughout the ages. 
Then as they live in these periods of time, they will understand God's program. They would also realize that once the events begin, they will speedily come to pass. There will be no delay. And when we have gotten to this place that we understand there will be no delay, maybe then and only then we will fall on our knees and turn to God and begin to prepare because our redemption draweth nigh. So do not seal up the prophecy the angel told John. Don't you seal up the sayings of this book or study the book of Revelation as though it is a myth because it reveals the rapture. It speaks about the tribulation and the great white throne judgment. And these things will come to pass. As a result, some folks will realize that little time is left and will ask God to save them through Jesus Christ our Lord. But there are some that will continue to harden their hearts. There are some that are just religious that believe that going to a church building that believe that singing in a choir, playing an instrument, that believe that possessing one of the fivefold gifts that we were not given is going to be enough to save us. But let me be clear, beloveds, and throughout the entire study, you have heard it been said works will not save you. And so the decision is left up to every individual to either accept the word of God and accept the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, or if you reject God's truth and reject God's gift of his only begotten son, you are going to have to pay for your own sins. And when you do, you shall surely die. This is going to be a terrible time for those that reject Jesus Christ because you must understand that your decision will determine where you spend eternity and what will be your state of existence forever. Revelation chapter 22 and 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. So what I want you to understand today, you must choose right where you are today who you will serve because your choice shall determine where you will spend your eternity. Again, I want to emphasize, reject God's gift of Jesus Christ. Reject his word and you will spend your entire eternal existence, which is forever and forever in the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 22 and 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Notice here that God's prophetic time clock is ticking. Every event will certainly and speedily come to pass. And you must know and recognize now that we are coming to the end of the age. I think everybody keeps forgetting that every dispensation has a time on it. So I want you to know that you've got to make a choice. And as we do, Jesus promises that once the events begin to take place, beloved is going to come quickly. He then puts his own seal on this book calling these words faithful and true in verse 6. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking about the reality of life. The reality of eternity. At the beginning of this book, he gave a blessing on those who read it, hear it, and keep these words in their heart. Now in the conclusion of the book, the Lord Jesus Christ repeats the blessing on those who keeps these words. We aren't supposed to just spiritualize these words. We're not supposed to reduce them down to empty stories that we tell to scare people. This book is not meant to satisfy people's curiosity, but it is meant for us to live and apply these words to our lives so that we have an expectation and begin to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Revelation 22 and 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. God is saying, when I come, I will finish the work of redemption, which I began, for I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the author and finisher of your faith, according to Hebrews 12 and 2. And so if you receive the gospel's invitation, you will be blessed. You will be happy. And as Revelation ends, the Lord Jesus Christ takes his place as God. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He said this at the beginning of the book, and now he concludes with it. He gave the angel his very personal message, I, Jesus, in verse 16. Taking the name of his servanthood, the name that he received when he took on humanity, and now in eternity he is I am. We will spend eternity centering only on him. He's all that we are going to speak about. He also refers himself here as the root and the offspring of David, which connects him with the Old Testament. He's also the bright and the morning star to the church. Have you ever noticed, beloved, the bright and morning star always appear at the darkest time of the night? Its appearance indicate that the sun will be coming up shortly. So, when we look at the Old Testament, it ended with the promise. The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. Malachi chapter 4 and 2. But to us, he is the bright and morning star who will come at a very dark moment in our lives. Revelation 22 and 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they might have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Blessed, happy are they that wash their robes, that they might have the right to eat of the tree of life. So if someone is seeking the right to the tree of life, by living out the commandments or say they're commandment keepers or they're talking about sabbatical workers or all these things that does not pertain to our salvation. That simply mean that they're trying to arrive in the heavenly kingdom, in the new Jerusalem and the new earth, in their flesh. They're trying to get in by works, but works won't do it. This is impossible as we have learned through Titus 3 and 5. The Bible said, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. 
in Romans chapter 4 and 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now there are numerous texts, those who reject the message of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, those who reject salvation by grace through faith in the completed work of Christ, according to Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. We are reminded, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Revelation 22 and 15. For without our dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. This is the crowd that is pictured in Revelation 21 and 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The dogs then are identical to the abominable of chapter 21. The abominable never lived a born-again believer's life. They never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the folks that join in what they call the church and join the choir and join this group and that group and this committee and that auxiliary and do this and do that, but they never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They never surrendered their will. They never gave over their will to him according to Titus 1.16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Go back and listen to Revelation 21 and see who these people are. Because the Bible said the dogs went back to the dirt according to 2 Peter chapter 2, 22. But it happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is returned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. These people go back to the old life. They go back to the prostitution and the whoredoms and the LGBTQ and the drugs and whatever they go back to. They go back because they were never converted. They were never saved. They never gave their life to the Lord. They just join in, but they never surrendered their will. And both of these verses speaks of individual who lacks the new birth experience. The one and only way a person can become a new creation in Christ, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Beloved, people that have never given their life to Christ goes even to some of the preachers. I read an article in the news where one of the prominent preachers says 85% of what Jesus spoke about was not true. Can you believe that people are preaching and calling Jesus Christ a fake? These people have not been converted, and yet we are going around believing that God didn't say this, and God didn't mean that, and God didn't do this, and God, the Bible said we have got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. There is absolutely no doubt about the destiny of those who reject God's message. 
There is no doubt about the destiny of those who change the truth of God for a lie. There is absolutely no doubt that they are going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. The Lord Jesus Christ reveals that just as the condemned person in hell will increasingly be tormented and become more sinful and gnash their teeth, so the servants of God will continue to grow in righteousness and holiness. Not only just righteousness and holiness, but grow in wisdom and in knowledge for all of eternity. Revelation 22:16. I, Jesus, sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The message of Revelation is true because Jesus Christ inaugurated and guarantees it. In this verse, the Lord also calls himself the root and offspring of David. As the root is David's Lord, the pre-existing God, according to Psalms 110 and 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. So as the offspring of David, son incarnate, Jesus Christ, Matthew 22, 41 through 46. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them saying, what think he of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. He said unto them, how then doeth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither draws any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. This is a picture of the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus also says he's the bright and morning star. In fact, Peter calls him the day star in 2 Peter chapter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto he do well that he take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in our hearts. Now, listen intently, for this is deeply moving. Why? Because God loves sinners. That his compassionate heart must extend at the gospel call one last time before the book closes. And I hope and pray that we that are alive today and call ourselves ministers of the gospel will begin to evangelize as our Heavenly Father gives us utterance and let the world know that they have an opportunity to hear and obey the word of God. They have an opportunity to surrender their lives. They have an opportunity to give their lives to the Lord. Revelation chapter 22 and 17. And the spirit and the bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. In this text, God compassionately declares, if you believe me, come. He asks us, invite me into your heart, Jesus says. Invite me into your life. 
He said, you have everything to gain if you invite me into your life. You have nothing to lose. He said, you realize that everything is pulling for you. And everyone wants to see you say, the Holy Spirit is pulling for you. The bride of Christ, the church, is pulling for you. Everyone who hears and believes in Jesus Christ is pulling for you. The glorious city in which the bride dwells is saying, don't you want for your eternal home this phenomenal, this beautiful, this everlasting paradise? And finally, brethren, your own spiritual thirst is crying out, I want to be satisfied. So then why don't you come and drink? The water of life is free. The bread of heaven is free. It is without any cost or obligation for everyone and whosoever will. Come on. But if you have rejected this invitation, if you have considered the message of the book of Revelation unimportant, or if you are among those who believe that the book of Revelation is not part of the canon of scriptures, that it is but a collection of riddles, or simply a symbolic hoax, or a myth, you need to become aware for it is God himself who warns everyone. He warns all of us that those who do not believe, obviously, is going to end with an eternal damnation. So I believe that most of us need to understand we need that first drink of the living water, which is Christ Jesus himself. Believers, you and I too need to keep coming and drinking. You and I too need to constantly be washed by his word. Those of us that are thirsty need to come and drink. What I never understood is how did some of us get saved and never pick up our, the Bible? Revelation 22 and 18. For I testify unto every man that heareth the word of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. What a strong judgmental warning. What a serious admonition from the almighty God himself to take the book of Revelation seriously. Beloved, God means what he says. And he says exactly what he means. We are not to meddle with or handle lightly the truth, which means so much to the almighty God, the God of heaven and of earth. Revelation 22 and 20. He which testified these things said, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. God's last promise as the book of Revelation closes is surely I come quickly. When we see the beginning of these things, these events and the rapid succession of the signs following speedily one after the other, Jesus Christ will be coming quickly or suddenly. The response of his people then is, amen. This expression literally means, so be it, according to Jeremiah eleven fifteen that I may perform the oath which I have sworn unto your fathers, to give them the land flowing with milk and honey, as it is this day. Then answered I and said, So be it, O Lord. 
And then John immediately adds, even so, come Lord Jesus. The final message to the church is that our Lord will return. Until this glorious event takes place. And he calls us to himself in the twinkling of an eye. My prayer for every born again child of God reflects the benediction of this blessed book. Our Lord promises he's coming again and he will personally reward each believer individually. Those in the church at the evacuation or the rapture as well as those who have gone through the great tribulation and born in the millennial kingdom and came out with their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 22:21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Come Lord Jesus is the heart, the cry of every true believer. The Old Testament ends with a curse. The New Testament ends with a benediction of grace on the believers. Grace is offered to every single one of us. But if any one of us refuses the offer that Jesus Christ is extending to us, they must bear the judgment of their own sin that this book pronounced on them. It is not his wish that any perish. And so grace is being offered to you, the listener, the religious fanatic, them that have rejected Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I want you to know it's the only way to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Why don't you believe him? Why don't you receive him? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, the listener, as we close the book. I pray that as you listen to all of the podcasts, And understand how the enemy is going to rob you of your eternal soul. You will decide to surrender your will to God today. God bless you.